Welcome to Antioch Raleigh's weekly online sermon. We hope that you are encouraged by this word. For more information on Antioch Raleigh or access to our other online sermons, visit us at AntiochRaleigh.com. Wow. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. You can have a seat. Hey, it is, uh, you guys are over the top today. Um, wow. Um, I, I, I feel honored. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. And for the team and, and, and just seeing those old pictures, it just reminds me of the faithfulness and the goodness of God. And um, I want to tell a few stories just from the early days. And, I'll, and, and I was supposed to preach, but I'll just do a quick thing today because because we, got a lot, because we have food trucks coming. That's why. Um, some of you know my family. Uh, they've grown an extra two and a half years. So I think we've got a picture and I can introduce my wife and my four kids. There is Jennifer. We're going on 19 years of marriage in November. And then our first three children were born in North Africa. We were missionaries there. So that's Evan. He's a freshman in high school. And then Kate, eighth grader. Colin is in sixth. And then Joshua is now already in fourth grade. So, and, and that was actually taken six months ago. They look older. I mean, Evan has a beard now. So it's like, what happened? <laughs> I don't know. But they love you, and uh, they miss you, and they said, Dad, can we please move back? Would you please pray and ask the Lord if we can go back? Because uh, they, 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 they do. They, really, they love it here, and they love you guys. And, um, so Jennifer, after we were married, uh, 11 months into our marriage, we got on an airplane and, and headed overseas to Tunisia, North Africa, and um, Harnens were part of that team. And, uh, you know, it was, it was about five years of just praying, fasting, sharing the gospel, no fruit. Encouraging yourself in the Lord, you know, struggling. And then the last two and a half years, God began to break out. And there was over 120 Muslim background uh, people who gave their life to Jesus, were baptized, multiple fourth generation and it was right in the middle of that move of God that the Lord said, I'm calling you back to the States to plant a church. And if you will obey this, then I will multiply laborers across the globe. And I said, yes, Lord. I literally just said, Lord, what is going to bring you most honor? And these, these Scottish, the Scottish prophetic group who knew nothing of us they said, I see you going back to the States to plant um, uh, something new. And the Lord, your father says, you've been faithful in your father's house. He trusts you. Where do you want to go? I mean, because that always been like, okay, Lord, you tell me the city or, you know, if I hear directly or if I feel peace about it. And, and I was like, wow, okay, what do I do with that? And my, my, again, I said, well, Lord, what's going to bring you the most honor? And as I went to bed that night, I had a, 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 so I was just turning my heart to the Lord, praying. There was, there was a powerful encounter with the Lord in terms of just his presence. Um, and, 
And I remember, and that's what the rally rally thing came from. It, the Lord was saying, um, I'm calling you to, or I'm inviting you to rally, to rally rally around the glory of Jesus, that Jesus would be lifted up in this city. And I was like, I'm in, I'm in. It had actually been in one of the cities in my heart for about five years. Um, do you know I lived in North, I got saved in North Carolina in 1977 uh, in, in Goldsboro. My dad was in Air Force, we were, we were stationed there and at three years old, then moved to San Antonio and where I got baptized in 79, so that makes me old. But my roots, it was, it was literally the first state that I've lived in because I was born on an Air Force base in Portugal, so... Anyway, the Lord bringing me uh, all, all the way back around. And so that the team literally moved from Tunisia to our sending church in Texas. I was there 12 weeks because we were like, we don't want to stay for a year, two years, build it, you know, just do all this stuff and then go and get uprooted. We're just going to go because really we just said, Jesus said, make disciples. So what if we just... And we knew specifically there was a, a call um, at first to NC State. So we said, what if we just show up on campus and just love people, share the gospel, um, and make disciples? And, and we said our goal that first semester was let's just gather 20 students and let's just start discipling and, and raise up five leaders. And so that's what we did after that first semester. This group said, well, we're a church, aren't we? Uh, why, why don't we meet on Sunday? Because again, it was just it was just you know just learning the foundations. But so then Jordan, you know, I was like, dude, I really need you. I'd already asked him three times, and finally he's like, I was like, just come for a semester. And he's like, okay, I can do that. And then he stayed for years. It was really it was. Thank you for for coming. Um, and and uh, January of 2012, I think was our first Sunday service, right? You were, you were there, Travis, too? Not yet. You were there a little bit later. Um, and, <clears throat> but part of a, a couple other interesting stories, just in the Lord's direction, while I was still in North Africa, we lived um, in the capital city of Tunis, about two million people. It was during that period, um, not the five years of suffering, hardship, rejection, you know. It, it was like, these are the fruitful years. Miracles are breaking out on the street. People are getting healed weekly. Uh, people are coming to the Lord. There was a hardware shop around the corner from my house, and all four guys had had some, something healed, it, it, physical healing in their body. They'd all been given uh, Bibles, and they were all reading. They're Muslims, but they're reading about the life of Jesus. And so I'm, I, I walk in one day, and randomly, okay, so this nation, they speak Arabic. Their second language was in French. It's, it's Arabic and French. Very few English speakers. And I walk in, and the head manager, actually the owner, who was one of the four, randomly, he, he's speaking in Arabic, and he says, why don't we move to the United States? This is right after the Lord spoke to me, go to Raleigh. And I said, that's an interesting question. Where do you want to go? At the very moment, as I was saying that, um, another man walked in, and I said, where should we go? He looked at me in English, says, go to North Carolina. And I thought, I looked back at the other guys, 
And, and then he walked out and was gone. And I'm like, what are you saying, Lord? That is insane. And the, again, the thing, I'm like, okay, Lord, you can work through any, anyone, obviously. And if that was an angel, Lord, why was he smoking? He was like, God, I really want to play the part. They all smoke. Can I have one? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was just a regular dude and God came on him. I don't know. It was crazy. We, for our kids, we had, we, we'd got this wooden map of the United States with, you could pull, you know, pull all the states out, learn them. It hadn't been opened yet. And again, right in this season where we were saying, Lord, where do you want to go? He speaks North Carolina. That happens at the hardware shop. And then I see it. We haven't we had opened it. And he said, and the Lord says to me, do you believe that I can speak through a puzzle? And I thought, yes, Lord. And so I was like, okay, what do I do? I opened it up, took all the pieces, threw them in a pillow sack. And I said, all right, Lord, confirm. Where are you calling us? Bloop. Guess what I pulled out? First time, North Carolina. And there was other stories like that too. So all that to say, either, either my faith was, faith was really lacking to obey or God has a major call on you guys. God, God has a major call on this church to be an expression of the glory of Jesus in this hour. And yeah, so, so um, we just said, Lord, we don't know what we're doing, but we're going to walk by faith. I, I usually say I feel like the most ungifted person, uh, but Lord, I'm willing to obey, and the Lord is looking for yielded hearts, willing to just do the next thing he's saying, even when it is really uncomfortable out of your comfort zone. The Lordship of Jesus issue is part of obeying when you don't feel like it, and, but, but um, so thankful that, that the Lord uh, had us here because when actually when I when I showed up for the first time I was like this place is beautiful I mean I don't remember when I was like two and three right but the Lord had called me to Tashkent Uzbekistan before I was married very hard place very dry deserty and then North Africa was challenging and I get here and I'm like this is awesome they speak English they laugh at my jokes the weather's awesome. Lord, you're so good. You're so good. I was just really, 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 really thankful. Um, so the Lord, yeah, he's just, he's just, he's just so kind. Um, and, but when, when, we, when I got the U-Haul with this car towing, you know, that we'd got in the States for that 12-week period, um, we, we cross. Uh, my mom's driving with me. Um, Jennifer and the kids, they're going to fly. But we cross in from Texas into the North Carolina border. We're hungry, so where do we pull in? We go to Texas Roadhouse, right? I'm like, good steak, and their rolls are awesome. I, aren't they so good? And as I get out of the car, and now the Lord in my life speaks um, often through airplanes. It, 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 they're all, the, all, you know, obviously they're everywhere. But as I walked out of the car... There, I looked into the sky, and right over the restaurant, there was this blue sky. It was, the sun was just about to set. It was a beautiful blue. And there was this cross in the sky where two jets had just crossed. And as clear as I've heard the voice of the Lord, again, he was saying, I'm lifting up Jesus over this land. I'm lifting up Jesus over this state. I'm lifting up Jesus over this 
nation. And again, I just felt humbled. Lord, thank you that I get to be part of what you're doing. Thank you that, that uh, you know, that I'm saved. I would literally, I wake up and I'm like, Lord, thank you that I'm not going to hell. Thank you that you chose me, that you drew me, that, Lord, that, that I belong to you. And thank you that I get to be a part of your purposes in what you're doing. And, um, and you know, I think at my core, I'm a worshiper of God first. I never wanted to do ministry. And the Lord always was like, I'm calling you. Would you, would you do this? And so I said, Lord, I'm in. And um, so I'm first a, a worshiper. But then out of that, I would say evangelism is, is probably big too. And so those early days were actually a lot of fun. Because, you know, I mean, outside of the gatherings... You know, it's hard to actually lead someone to the Lord on the street and then actually get them into church just because they've got their own networks of relationships. And, but, but during that time, it, um, it was just so fun to walk into the grocery store and everywhere I am and just look and, and from a heart of, of saying, Lord, I'm abiding in you. I'm just those little 10-second prayers throughout the day, which are awesome. The little three-second prayers, actually. Jesus, you love me. I love you. Just abiding in him. And, and I would see someone, and I would feel like, okay, I just need to go talk to them. And sometimes it was just not even that. Just, I'm just going to share the gospel, because you're, we're, we're invited to share the gospel everywhere we go. Um, so that, that was, uh, uh, you know, so fun, especially in the early days where it was just, we're out on campus, and, and then I was like, Lord, I want to hear your voice, and learning to say, Lord, is there anything about this person that you want to to show them that you're, you're real and God giving. Um, I mean, I remember talking to one kid and I said, he was not a believer. And I just told him about my walk with Jesus, told him about the cross and invitation to turn from sin. And, and, and I said, I just, just see the Lord smiling over your life and that he's put in you a desire for creativity. And I just see you creating and drawing and, and on a computer. And he's like, do you know my degree is graphic design and I love it? Basically, something is just as simple as that. And he, he was like, wow, God speaks to you? And he didn't give his life to the Lord that day, but it marked him. It marked him. And who knows, maybe the second, the third person uh, uh, came around. And so that's just always been, whether I you know, am in ministry or whatever I do, that's just going to be a part of, of who I am. And I actually, I actually wanted to tell you guys a story um, not long ago in Phoenix, because I was there, and um, Antioch, Phoenix, it's, it's, it's uh, amazing what God's doing there as well. Uh, this was as COVID was kind of loosening up, but they still had this outdoor service, about 300 people. And um, at the end of the service, this, this, this lady comes up to me, and she introduces herself. Most people are gone at this point. I mean, we'd done ministry, and, and most of the night was just ministering to the Lord, lifting him up over the city, and but we prayed for one another. And she comes up, and she, she, uh, she says, Hi, I'm Connie, and I just want to ask you to pray for my son. His name is Parker. And she said, five years ago, he was, when he was 16, he, he left the house and... We didn't know where he was. Uh, and she said, I went through a divorce. And he, but I, for four years, we know he had, had a drug problem, but just didn't know where he was. A year ago, got reconnected with him. And 
he's been on and off drugs. And she said, last week he almost died of an overdose. She said, would you pray for him? Now, I'm just about to say, yeah, absolutely, let's pray. And again, there's that, that place of a leaning, listening heart. And there was just this little nudge from, from the Lord. Call him up. Ask her if you can call him directly and pray for him. And so I asked her, I said, Connie, would you mind if we actually call Parker and, and uh, pray for him? So she gets out her phone. She says, absolutely. I, I'm thinking she's going to like say hi first. She, boop, and then she hands me the phone. So he's like, hi, mom. I'm like, sorry, not your mom. But I'm here with your mom. And we were just talking and uh, told me a little bit about what's going on. I said, Parker, I love Jesus, and I um, just want to see him exalted, and, and he's done a work in my life, and I know he wants to do a work in your life. Can I just pray for you? And he's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. So I prayed for him, and I said, Lord, thank you that you created Parker. Thank you that your protection is over his life, that you've spared his life. Thank you that you have the power to deliver from addiction, Lord. And I'm just praying, and I'm saying, help, Holy Spirit, what do I pray and after we pray, I, I explain just the simple gospel of how you can give your life to Jesus. And, um, and as I'm praying, I'm sensing the presence of the Lord. And, 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 and I'm, I'm like, Lord, it's amazing. You can, I mean, you created the universe. How hard is that? Like two people on a phone, you're <laughs> pouring out your... But it was just like, I was awestruck. And <laughs> you're amazing. So I shared the gospel, and I said, hey, is that something you, you, you know you're not ready for, you need to think about, or is that something that you're ready to say, I am all in? And he said, what? He said I'm rock bottom. I, what else do I have? And he, he had had a Catholic background, but he had never knew that he could have a relationship with Jesus. No one had ever told him that, that God wanted to be a God on the inside, not just a God on the outside, and that Religious tradition alone wasn't enough, and, and, and uh, obviously he knew he needed power for real breakthrough, and, and he said, what else do I have? I need to give my life to Jesus if that's who he's really like. Let him on the, uh, to, on the phone to the Lord, and his mom was in a conversation with her friend, and I said, hey, would you mind telling your mom what just happened, and I hand it back. And it was such a beautiful, beautiful expression on her face just when she's like, you just gave your life to Jesus? And she's undone, hangs up. And she says, you know, I just started coming to this church a year ago. I got involved in a life group. Okay, here's the power of life group and community. I got involved in a life group, and I had just gotten reconnected with my son Parker. And I, and I said, Good, would, can we pray for him together? And they said, absolutely. They took it on as an assignment. They'd been praying for... For, they prayed nine or ten months when this happened. And, and again, it was just like the Lord saying that, you know, if, if one lone ranger out there uh, preaching the gospel, sharing the gospel is powerful, but when you've got these little commando, your, your life groups, it's like these little commando units, and every prayer that you pray that seems weak, and it's like, did that really do anything? God is moving in power. It's, you know, it's not even the words you say. It's just a heart that is saying, Lord, I need you. We need you to move in this situation. And um, so in your life groups, even if it's five or ten minutes, you know, ask the Lord for a fresh assignment in this season. Lord, you know, we want to we eat together. We want to worship. We want to get in the Word. 
Um, but what's the assignment you're calling us to and to intercede for? And I told her, I said, listen, greatest miracle of all, miracle of all, he was transferred from darkness to light. I said, but keep your life group praying and fasting because there's still a battle. They, 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 you know, the enemy wants to, wants to cut him off and wants to uproot the seed and, 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 and pray him in. And, and so that life group has, has continued to, to pray and isn't God good? I mean, isn't he so good that he would rescue a guy who was on the verge of death, overdosed, should have died, and the Lord in his mercy snatches him from the flames of hell and says, he's mine. And that's what he has said over every one of you. Even if your background wasn't even anything like that, the Lord snatched you because we're all sinners from the, the very flames of hell and march you by his spirit if you are a believer in Jesus and said, you are mine. You are mine. And when we live with that sense of the, the, the blessing and the acceptance of our Father, you can go through anything. If you know that your Father in heaven loves you, you can be rejected, you can go through suffering, you can go through pain, and you'll make it out the other side if you're rooted and grounded in the love of God and know that you belong to your Father in heaven who's got you. Because even death itself cannot separate us from, from the Lord. And actually to die, as Paul said, is the game. You walk right immediately into the presence of the Lord. And so I want to, and us to be a people that renew our mind with a, a sense of eternity, where, where what's going on in heaven? Like when we worship here today, and what a beautiful, like, my goodness, the choir, the band, that all was just undone. Just the presence of the Lord is here. And, but the beautiful thing about that is that it's not something that we have to work up, like, I'm going to work up to get in the presence of God. No, you know that actually we, we're joining what's going on in heaven already. That around the throne, there is night and day worship, and there is a river flowing. And when, when we enter into worship as a family, we, we step into that river. And the more you surrender to the Lord, the more you just get lost and you let go of control. And you say, Father, I trust you. Jesus, I trust you. Take me where you will. Let the river of life flow. Take me where you will. And what happens is there's unity. That's what Ephesians 3 uh, Ephesians 1.10, the, at the end of it all, there will be unity in heaven and on earth under the lordship of Jesus, the summing up of all things under the head, Jesus Christ. And when we worship, we taste as it is in heaven, let it be on earth. And we join that worship that's, that, that's going on, and it's just so beautiful. So I just, that's just a side note to say thank you for loving Jesus, thank you for worshiping, thank you for in... Um, you know, whatever challenges are going on, living with a yes in your heart to the Lord. Okay. I just want to briefly, maybe just take five minutes to hit um, a topic and then lead us in a, a time of just a, of response. And I've been thinking about the story of the disciples on the road to Emmaus. And, and so this quick exhortation is really about living with a burning heart, a burning heart. The scripture mentions it a couple times. Um, this, is, this is one of those references. There's another time where um, Luke 12, 35, there's this exhortation to keep your lamps burning. 
let me, let me start there, and then I'll go back to the Emmaus story. But Luke 12, 35, I'll just read real quick. It says, stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning. And be like men who are waiting for their master to come from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at the table. And he, Jesus himself, this is staggering. He says, keep your lamps burning. Be ready. Live with a readiness and a heart that is on fire for the Lord. And if you do that, the reward is this. The king himself will invite you to dine with him. He will gird himself up to come and serve you. That the king of glory himself, you would think, oh Lord, I'm serving you. And the Lord says, you were one of the burning ones in the earth. You kept your, you, you, there were times maybe it was hard and you felt like the flame went out, but the, at the core of your being, you're like, God, I want to be a burning one in the earth. Filled with the, with the love of Jesus as I draw near to you and understand it, that you love me, Lord, let, let, let me be ignited again. A staggering response where the Lord himself comes and will serve you. And, and so there's basically, again, just three exhortations and a pro- promise. Let your waist be girded, keep your lamps burning, and then long for his coming. Be ready, be ready to extend yourself. That uh, waist girded is, Lord, all I am and all I have is yours. I'm ready to serve. I'm ready to obey anything you say. Burning lamps, it's the first commandment in first place. Jesus, it's all about you. Ignite me continually. And put me around other people who were burning for Jesus brighter than me. Pay prices to do. Get on airplanes. Do whatever you need to do to get people around you who are burning brighter than you. Because one of the most, the most important thing you have is your very life and stewarding it to keep it lit for Jesus, burning for Jesus. And, and again, the last exhortation is long for his coming. At what are the things that we hope for? What are the things that we hope in? There's all kinds of stuff that are good. But I'm waiting for the day he splits the clouds and comes, whether I'm with him in heaven or whether I'm on earth and we meet him in the air. There's coming a day where there will be face-to-face fellowship. And if Moses had it in the Old Testament, how much more are we with the Holy Spirit in us? Can, can radiate the burning love of Jesus to the world around us. That's Luke 12. Then Luke 24, the road, right after Jesus' resurrection. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and some other women, they're the first to go Sunday morning early to the tomb to anoint the body, which was strange because it was supposed to be covered with this huge stone, probably several hundred pounds, if not more. And it was rolled away, and they're wondering what's going on. So they run back, and they tell the disciples... And the disciples actually didn't believe him. said, that's crazy. But then there was Peter. Peter said, actually, he said nothing. He took off running. He took off running, and he went to the tomb. 
And he looked in and he saw the garments lying there and Jesus gone. And he was in awe. Scripture says that he was marveled. He, he was in awe and went away wondering what happens. Immediately, Scripture goes to in the last chapter of Luke 24, verse 13, to these two disciples who were close to, uh, who knew the, the women that were, went to the tomb. They knew Peter. One was named Cleopas. The other, we don't know who he was. And they're going from Jerusalem to Emmaus, which was along the Roman road that led to the port city of Joppa. And as they're about seven miles, seven miles, as they're there, they're discouraged. They're, they're talking about what has just happened. The one that they hoped in murdered. They're feeling deflated, discouraged, hopeless, grieving the loss of Jesus. And then here is the resurrected Lord Jesus who disguises, who, who veils his glory and, and, and keeps his, basically, somehow hides who he is from them because they'd seen him do miracles. They'd been with Jesus. And he walks and he says, what are you guys talking about? And they're like, are you the only one in Jerusalem that doesn't know what's going on? We thought this one was the Messiah, the hope for the nation. But they crucified him. Okay, now, it doesn't get any better than this. If you want to live with a burning heart, which is what I'm exhorting you on, here is... The living word who is teaching out of the written word, Jesus teaching on Jesus. It is God revealing God to the human heart. And when God reveals God to you, not just a Bible study in your mind, when you take the word of God and you say, Holy Spirit, teach me, and you sing it, and you pray it back to him, and you allow the Holy Spirit to, to transform you, it will, it will not just give information up here. It will enlarge your heart to receive the love of God, to love him back, to love yourself, and then to love others, and to have a bright, burning spirit. And lo the Lord is looking for worshipers who worship it in spirit and truth, that there will be a whole generation raised up, an army of lovers who, yes, are on mission, but first and foremost are lovesick for Jesus, as these, as these men were. And it's, 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 it's amazing. It's like Jesus teaching out of Moses, out of the law and the prophets, and telling them all the prophetic words that are written about him and why it was needed, needful that he would suffer, die, and be resurrected again. They still don't know he's Jesus. All right? They get to their village. Jesus is going to go on purposefully. Why? Because there's times where he will initiate with you. Like, you're, 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 you're spending time with the Lord. There's sometimes you don't feel like Jesus is there, although he is, like, walking alongside you. And then, you know, you, you, you go on. <clears throat> That's great. But these guys, there's an important piece here. There was, their, there was the Lord's invitation, but then there was their invitation. And their invitation was, would you stay and eat with us? Because he was going to go on without the invitation. So, again, exhortation to you is be attentive to the invitations of the Lord but give the Lord an invitation. You have not because you ask not. And as they sat down to have a meal, Jesus broke the bread and blessed it. He blessed them. And as he broke it, he disappeared from their midst. And they were, uh, their, their minds were open to understand that it was Jesus. So the seven or eight miles that they just walked, they take off running back and they tell everybody. And then Jesus appears in the midst of everyone. And it says at the end of Luke, 
that to all of them, Jesus opened their mind to understand Scripture. And here's the message, that death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and the forgiveness of sins will be proclaimed to the whole world. And now that you understand who I am and you've seen me, the resurrected Lord Jesus now go to the whole world and proclaim the gospel. Exhortation is to live with a burning heart. I don't have time for all the other stuff. It's good. <clears throat> but I want to just lead us into a time of, of, of asking the Lord, God, come light me up again. Would you stand up? And um, if we could have someone on keys um, in, in, in just the background. <clears throat> I want to challenge you to make it your life vision to live with a burning heart. The sad thing is a lot of people would hear a message like this and say, okay, that's cool. But there has to be a resolve in your own heart. I can't live without it. If there's not a resolve in your heart, I must have Jesus in this way. It won't happen. And if there's not been a time in your life where you have put a stake in the ground and said, Lord, I just don't want to be what... the average Christian that we see in, 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 our, in our culture. I want to be a bright and shining lamp like John the Baptist, a forerunner to prepare the way of the Lord for the coming of the Lord, for the, the coming of the manifestation of His glory. I want to be one on fire, not by my own doing, but by drawing near to that fiery God who burns with fiery love and affection. When I talk about burning, I'm talking about the love that God burns first for himself, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, that, that he, he pours out upon us so that we can respond in fiery love and devotion to him and then love people well. Lord, we ask, God, for burning hearts, Jesus, we want to see you face to face. Jesus, we want to know you. We ask, Father, for a spirit of wisdom and of revelation to know you. Holy Spirit, would you come right upon our heart the things that the Father is singing over us. Right upon our hearts the things that Jesus is singing over us, declaring over us. God, we we, we ask, Lord, that you would help us steward our affections and desires and all that we have and all that we are, Lord, our relationships, our time, our energy. Lord, that we would come under, under you. That there would be grace to be ones who abide in you, to sing your word back to you, to pray your word back to you, to hear your voice, to be a people with a leaning ear against your chest. Father, I pray just for a token of grace, just a sense of your presence, you would come and rest upon us even now. Just stay, just, we've got a couple minutes, just stay locked in with Jesus. Just, just tell him you love him. Would you just in your own words <clears throat> ask him if you've never made that resolve, I must be a burning one in the earth. Just tell him what's in your heart. Ask him for it. Ask him for help. Ask him for grace.
Oh, Lord Jesus, there's no one like you. There's none glorious, it's beautiful. You're the ancient of days. Oh, we love you. I'm just going to, I just, I, I got lost in this devotional thing a couple days ago, and all of a sudden it was five in the morning, and I want to read what I wrote, but just stay locked in to the Lord. It says, Behold the Lamb of God. Jesus, you are our Savior. Just lock in with Him. As I read a word, if one of His names jumps out, just camp on it, but interact with Him and speak to Him. Lord, you're our Savior, our healer. You're our deliverer. You're our friend. Lord, you're our King, our Lord, and our God, our fortress, our rock, and our shield. You're our refuge and strong tower. You're our defender and the restorer of our soul. Beautiful Jesus, you're the bread of heaven. You're the spring of living water and the fountain of life. You're our dwelling place, our rest, our light and easy yoke. We love you, Jesus. You're the perfect shepherd leading us in the green pastures and quiet waters where you restore our soul. You're so good. Lord, your leadership is good. It's kind. You're the anchor that keeps us stable. You're a wall around us that keeps us safe. You're the creator, sustainer, the redeemer, and our redemption, our sanctifier and our sanctification, our provider and our provision. Lord Jesus, you're our glory and our salvation. You are the ancient of days, just like your father. Beautiful hair, white like snow, eyes burning with flames of love and affection for us. You're the bright morning star. You're fairer than 10,000. Oh, you are the king of glory. You are the Lord of hosts. You're the radiance of the Father's glory and our all-consuming fire. Come and consume us with your fire, I pray. Oh, we love you. Jesus, you're the fire by day, the cloud by night. You are the tent of meeting and you're the fire upon it. You're the tabernacle and the glory who fills it. You're the river of life and the actual living water that we drink of in it. There is none like you, Jesus. We love you. We honor you. We bless you. You're the lion and the lamb, the resurrection and the life. You're the word who was in the beginning with your father. You're holy and highly exalted. You're worthy. There is none like you, oh God. There is none like you, oh God. Oh, beautiful Jesus. You're our light and salvation, our high priest and the lamb, sacrificial lamb of God. You're the faithful and true, the firstborn of the dead. You are Jacob's ladder, the very bridge to heaven. Oh, we love you, Lord. Son of God, son of man, master builder, chief cornerstone, head of the church in the hope of glory. You are heaven's great apostle, God's mighty prophet. You're the anointed evangelist, the good shepherd, and the life-giving teacher. You are the uncreated God, the creator of all things. You're the way, truth, life, the author and finisher of our faith. 
You're the Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. You're our inheritance. You're our everything. You're our all in all. You are the unchanging God, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's just lift up a clap to the Lord. We love you. We love you, Lord. We honor you. Jesus, there is none like you. Unmatched in your beauty and your glory. We love you. We love you. We love you, Lord.